everybody. Welcome back to the Chiefly Football Podcast. I am the underqualified host, Kinlock, and today we will be reviewing the Chiefs' 27-17 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And joining me in this review podcast is Stayin. Stayin, thank you for joining me this evening. Pleasure to be here. Notice again that Dave is not here as he is not as committed as we are. <laughs> yeah, well, it's late and he needs to sleep. He's got a work trip early in the morning. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up some points I think he would make, but uh, I think we're gonna miss him on this this episode and his insight. Um, but yeah, great game by the Chiefs. Uh, second week in a row that they took on an AFC South uh, opponent and were able to come out with victories in both games. Uh, going into this game, staying you, <laughs> I mean, we felt like there wasn't much to talk about as far as a preview goes, just because we didn't think that the Jaguars were going to be much, um, we're going to put up much of a fight, but I think even the game going how it went, I think you said that you thought that the Jaguars were still going to put up more of a fight in that game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I knew that they were a well-balanced team. Um, Uh, going into it, I, I thought that Travis that uh, Etienne was going to give us some more trouble than he did. But I mean, um, just really proud of the defense for being able to to limit them. Um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and it, and it kind of throughout that game, it seemed like the Chiefs were in control the entire game. Um, but like you said, the the Jaguars. They have a lot of good players all around their offense and their defense. Um, They're still a team that's building, but it seems like that they have really good core players to build their team around for the next few years. Um, On the offensive side of the ball, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne at quarterback and running backs, respectively. Um, I think both of them played well for the most part. Um, You saw the... Uh, the glimpses of of what Trevor Lawrence can become being a former first overall pick and kind of the one of the biggest quarterback or biggest hype quarterbacks coming out in the draft and probably since Andrew Luck. Um, so he played well, ETN. I mean, you saw some of the bursts that he has in the playmaking ability. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, Josh Allen, we know him. Uh, and then rookies Devin Lloyd and Trayvon Walker. Um, and so, I i mean, I wasn't watching it for the Jaguars, but I came away kind of impressed. And I think that, um, that they're on their way up. And with, with Doug Peterson as their coach, um, kind of an Andy Reid disciple, I think, yeah, I think that team is going in the right direction, which fans in Jacksonville desperately 
I mean, have wanted for, for so long. Um, so good for them, but they still fell 10 points short and it felt like they almost, they had no chance of winning this game, even from that opening onside kick. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, if you're bad for long enough, <laughs> you know, your draft picks eventually will start to work out. Um, that's what it looks like is happening for the Jaguars. Like you said, uh, I think with with Doug Peterson at, at the helm, uh, obviously this is the first year with Trevor Lawrence's uh, learning this system. But I think next year and the upcoming years, I think they're going to be a, a pretty a pretty uh, a good team to, to play against. Um, I think even this year, like I think that they could spoil some teams' playoff uh, playoff hopes. Um, I think they have a, a balanced enough team that they have enough potential to uh, to, be, to beat some teams that uh, are still in the playoff hunt. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really see them doing anything. You know, than, uh, two or three more games this season. But we're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about how fantastic our, our team played. And I just want to start off. I'm sorry if you wanted to go another t- another way with this, but I just want to shout out the offensive line. Um, did not give up a sack. Uh, that was one area where I thought the Jags might give us some some pressure uh, with Josh Allen and and some of their, some of their front rows and in their their defensive line. But our offensive line held held true. We were able to run the ball. Isaiah Pacheco had a great game. Jet McKinnon had a great game. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was, I think he had four snaps. Uh, so I'm sure David and you are probably saying about time for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely not where I was going to start, but we can roll with it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the offensive line played great. And I was surprised when we saw, yeah, seeing that there were no sacks. Um, but it did, yeah, it didn't feel like Mahomes was under much pressure. You'd think that if they weren't getting pressure, that meant that they had a lot of people in coverage and that some of our wide receivers were covered. That didn't seem to be the case either because our wide receivers seem to be running open most of the day. Um, And then the other thing, I guess I think it's tied kind of the offensive line because I feel like you see a lot of the penalties there, but the Chiefs also didn't have any penalties penalties in this game, which is pretty crazy as well. Um, So offensive line not giving up any sacks, um and then playing a clean game of football that is a recipe for a very good offensive day and and it's hard to beat a team that's as talented as the Chiefs when they're not beating themselves with mistakes with penalties which is kind of how I felt like the Titans stuck with the Chiefs last week well and it's it's interesting because we had three turnovers Patrick Mahomes had that questionable pick. Isaiah Pacheco had the the fumble in on that first drive. Um, I'm guessing that on I don't know. I'm guessing that onside kick counts. Onside, yeah, I would I would say the onside kick would count for that. But the fact that they were able to to have the ball to take the ball away from us so many times and still, you know, not really have what it felt like a chance in this game just shows how um I, I would say how precise the Chiefs are this year. 
because in years past we would go you know two or three drives maybe without without putting any points and then all of a sudden you know Tyreek Hill would would come up with break off this great play and like kind of bring the energy back into it but it felt like it feels like recently we've been able to just meticulously move the ball down the field and um you know, come away with points i mean if butker would be a little bit more consistent i feel like we'd have we'd be able to you know put more points on the board but that's a topic for another day yeah um Actually, I just I just went back and looked at it. The third turnover, well, yeah, I don't know. I still think the onside kick should count as a turnover, but it was the, on the uh, kickoff. Jody Fortson fumbled it on that. Uh, that set the the Jaguars up for a, a field goal going into halftime. Oh, and they ended up yeah. missing on that. Um, but yeah, one one thing that st- stuck out to me. I mean, you talked about the three turnovers was I mean just kind of the way teams especially undermanned teams or teams with inferior talent to the Chiefs have to play the Chiefs is they have to take a lot of risks um, and then they have to take advantage of the opportunities that the Chiefs give them and I think the biggest thing was that the Jaguars had a lot of opportunities I felt like to to take advantage of some mistakes that the chiefs made, namely those turnovers, that onside kick to start the game. And they just struggled to convert those opportunities into, into touchdowns or, or points. Most, a lot of the time, I mean, they, they couldn't score off of that, that sneaky onside kick. Like we just mentioned, they, the chiefs fumbled the ball in their territory going into halftime and the kicker missed a field goal. He actually missed two field goals on the day. Um, so when you're playing a team as good as the chiefs and you're the Jaguars, like they're, they're taking risks to try to overcome uh, the talent deficit, but they just were never able to capitalize on it. And that's why, um, that's why playing the chiefs is so difficult because you pretty much have to be perfect and you have to count on the Chiefs not being perfect. Um, so I'm sure the, the Jaguars are are kind of kicking themselves for a lot of the missed opportunities. But it was good to see that the Chiefs could play, you know, what overall felt like, I don't know, like an A-minus game. But I would say the turnovers um, probably turned into like a B-minus game. Yeah, I, uh, I mean... Back to what you were saying about Jaguars needing to capitalize on our mistakes. I mean, they were four for fourteen with third third down conversions. I mean, you can't you can't beat an offensive power team like the Chiefs when you're not converting on third down. The Chiefs were seven and ten, um, one for one going for going forward on fourth. The Jags were two. I mean, the Jags were two for two going forward on fourth. But I mean, you really shouldn't have to put yourself in a situation to go forward on fourth too many too many times so yeah uh, I feel like they and then I think it all kind of goes back to the running game um you know I think Etan has probably been the hottest running back recently um I think he had three games in a row that were 100 100 yard rushing games um he's on my fantasy team so um you know I I, I went against my better judgment and started him <laughs> uh because you know that's how desperate I am <laughs> 
Uh, it did not pay off, but hey, I'm I'm happy to walk away with the Chiefs win. But yeah, I think I think I think it shows a lot of growth this year um, that we were able to to shut down the run so hard for a team that really has been quite balanced, and then um, not only being able to stop the run, but then also being able to put enough pressure on the quarterback to get five sacks, which is phenomenal from our defensive line. I know David has been has been expecting more from our defensive line. And so to you, David, if you're listening, are you happy now, old man? Yeah, well, I mean, let's see. Two of those sacks were from linebackers, Willie Gay and Leo Chanel. Um, I know I watched the game with Dave, and he was he was impressed with Chanel and some of the plays. I mean, not only so imp- impressed he was surprised i guess with um some of the plays that Chanel was making and even carl loftus seemed to be around the ball a lot he had a nice pass def- uh deflection early on um but yeah it just seemed like everybody on the defensive side of the ball was was just taking turns making plays and and we we kind of knew it going into the game that spags was going to blitz the crap out of Trevor Lawrence and see if he could see if he could handle it because leading up to that game, Lawrence hasn't really been successful against the blitz. Um, but there were even times when the chiefs were able to get to get to him only rushing four. Um, so that was, I thought that was a really great game from the defensive line, like you said, and um uh, and the Chiefs are going to need that moving forward. It'll be nice. We'll, we'll get Frank Clark back starting this this week. He's finished serving his two week suspension, uh, but hopefully we can the defensive line can keep building. I thought Colin Saunders had to put together another great week, um, and he's he seems to be really coming on strong. So, you know, Colin Saunders, Carlos Dunlap, Chris Jones playing out of his mind. Um, and then with Carl Loftus coming along and um, and our linebackers, you know, being able to make the plays that they do, um, it's really, really awesome to see. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, it's funny because Dave, uh, you know, earlier on in the week, he was just saying he was really hoping for a big game to see something from Chanel and Gay, and both of them had, you know, um, Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you're a little distracted right now because you got the Eagles and Commanders game on in the back. Yeah, they. I mean, they just. They, um. Oh, I can't even think right now. What's the quote? Like? Jalen Hurts just made a great throw down the field. They're down by five. Wes Watkins caught the ball, fumbled it. Devontae Smith popped on it, fumbled it. Washington got the ball back. Oh wow! Wild play. Um. Wow. Are they gonna hold anyway. that against are they gonna hold that against uh Devontae Smith because he's on my fantasy team. I don't want I mean, to just <laughs> I mean let's see if he has possession at all. Oh, he didn't have possession. I'm not no. Okay. I'll take no. don't take that point away from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um but yeah, back to back to the point where um yeah, Dave David David been talking, he wanted to see something from gay and from uh 
from Sonal and, and both of them came up with a big game. Um, I, I was I was happy with aspects of Carl Optus's gameplay, but I will say I've been a huge Carl Optus supporter. But I will say this game has really brought into effect like how how slow he is. <laughs> <laughs> because there were times where Lawrence was running out of the pocket and he's scrambling and and Carl Optus had a good angle on him and he was just so slow he was left in the dust and and it kind of irritated me like i mean i get that i get that you're a high motor guy but i mean if you're going to be taken in the first round there's god and i'm not putting anything on him i'm not putting in like if you can't run that fast you can't run that fast and obviously the chiefs knew going into it like he wasn't going to be the speedster on the outside because that's not the kind of of player he is but i'm just like man it, it and I, that's probably a lot, how a lot of defensive who play Patrick Mahomes feels like how he's just able to like escape everything. <laughs> like, um, so I guess I guess I shouldn't be complaining too much about it. But yeah, I feel like our offense. I mean, our linebackers is phenomenal. Chanel stepping in, um, really, really gay. Nick Bolton had phenomenal. I mean, I think I think what really stuck out this week defensively was the tackling, because the tackling was something that really that we really struggled with against the Titans. And obviously, it's you know. It's not easy taking down a giant like Derrick Henry, um, but it wasn't even it wasn't even just Derrick Henry. Like their their tight end had you know some broken tackles last week, but it felt like this week everyone was tackling. Trent McDuffie came out came up and made a made a great tackle. Williams has been a great tackler this year. It just felt like there was there was good tackling on on every level of the defense. Yeah, that was what I was gonna say that as well. The tackling and the speed on defense. I feel like you saw that a lot this game and even last game, but like is the difference is so stark comparing the speed, the team speed on defense this season to like probably any chiefs defense in the last like 20 years, like the linebackers being able to cover the athleticism of the defensive linemen, defensive backs coming up and being able to impact the run game. Like, it, it doesn't matter the kind of athletes, for the most part, that the other team has. We're always going to have good athletes everywhere around the field to be able to make make plays. So, um, yeah, that that really stood out to me this week. And that's uh, – that, I mean, that's the, that's the kind of defense that you need to have in this league right now because of all the playmakers on the offensive side of the ball – you have to have, be able to have good athletes on the defensive side to be able to keep up. So props to Veach and, and Spags for being able to identify and draft and uh, develop these defensive players. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I just, I just think that our defense has really started to co- started to come into its own. Um, even without Frank Clark out there, um, you know, we were worried about uh, losing um, Rashad Fenton with the leadership and the experience that he had in the secondary. But, I mean, what do you think about Trent McDuffie? I feel like the expectations were really high going into it. Um, we saw a small sample size before uh, he had his injury and got put on IR. But coming back, I feel like he hasn't lost a step. I feel like he's played phenomenal. The one catch he gave up this year – it was a great catch by Marvin Jones when he, when he dove for that. It was a, I mean, 
you can't really do anything that as a as a defensive back on that. And his tackling, he had a great uh, a great uh, pass breakup. I can't remember who it was against. I think it was against um, the other Jones, <laughs> Zay Jones. I feel like there was like ten of them on that team. <laughs> they are. Yeah. But yeah, I think they had. I mean, he he's been playing phenomenally. Yeah, I've been really impressed with him. I think, yeah, kind of just the scouting report on him coming out was that he was maybe a little bit undersized, but that he does so well at sticking with the wide receivers. Um, and that's that's what we've seen is that um, that he's always in the perfect position to make a play on the ball and to, to knock the ball down when the receiver tries to make a play. And he does so well about getting his head turned around which is why he doesn't get flagged for penalties because that's that's something that, I mean, most cornerbacks in the NFL struggle with, but we've seen it on our team for the last several years is we have athletes that are in the right position, but that don't have the ball skills or maybe the awareness to get their head turned around and play the ball and end up getting, you know, what um, defensive pass interference calls or, you know, just barely giving up a catch, even though they were in the perfect position. So it's, it's kind of crazy to see how effective McDuffie is in being able to to break up passes where other players haven't been able to. So uh, that's been something that's really stood out. And like you said, it felt feels like even though he missed you know six weeks that um, that he hasn't really lost a step. I mean, he was able to step back in there. Obviously, he was still on the sideline. He was able to get kind of mental reps and still learning the defense and probably feels comfortable in that aspect. But just being able to get out there um, with limited practice time leading up to these games and has been able to perform as well as he has, that's been awesome to see. And just adds to the excitement of this young defense that the Chiefs have. Um, And just knowing that this is only the first year of a lot of these great defensive players and and how they can contribute to a well-rounded Chiefs team paired with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid moving forward. Yeah. Um I mean and and I, I think that's I think that's the biggest difference between, you know, a first rounder and a seventh rounder. <laughs> 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 their heads around. But yeah, it's been it's been really exciting. I mean, I feel like there are still a couple of wrinkles that we're still working out. Uh, the, the one that stands out to me the most is uh, Christian Kirk's um, touchdown at the end um, with uh, in, in the end zone. And it looked like he just straight up beat Snead. But first of all, we know how good Snead is. He's not just going to like let someone get like 10 yards behind him. Um, I think Williams was just trying to switch with it, was just trying to um, switch coverage, and they just didn't get like there was a, either a breakdown of communication or they just didn't get set. But um, I I feel like uh all around defensively is a great game. Um, and Spagnuolo just had Trevor Lawrence's number, and that's really I mean he's a rookie, so he'll learn from it. But uh, just a great coaching game, great played game, all around defensively great game. Yeah, and then on the offensive side of the ball, uh, we mentioned before that the Chiefs didn't commit any penalties, didn't give up any sacks. Um, unlike the Jaguars, the Chiefs were really efficient on third down. They were 7 of 10. Um, but I think the biggest thing that you probably wanted to talk about was Kadarius Tony getting his first touchdown of the game. And 
really has been, you know, slid into this offense pretty seamlessly. It feels like um, the Andy Reid and and the Chiefs' offensive coaching staff has done has done a good job of preparing Tony for these games and putting him in positions where he feels comfortable and is and is ready to contribute. And Patrick Mahomes trusts him enough right now to give him the ball and 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 Tony was able to to make a nice play along the sideline. He, I mean, he was wide open, so didn't really have to do anything on that play to get his first touch, first career touchdown. Um, but, but I mean, there were other times where he was touching the ball and was, was making awesome plays. So um, I know that you're probably pretty excited to talk about Tony. So what, what are your thoughts on, on him compared to maybe your expectations and what you see for him this season? Yeah, I mean, well, first, first of all, I do want to send send my wishes out to Juju Smith Schuster. That was a brutal hit that he took um, from Cisco. Still, a little, I mean, still pretty surprised that there was no call on that. Um, but you know, I hope, I hope he. I mean, from his Instagram uh, and his mom's Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> seems to be. I know you're logged in on Juju's mom Instagram. Well, I mean, I, I saw I, I, don't, I saw somewhere on my feed that she said that her baby's okay. So if her baby's okay, my baby's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your baby's baby's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. No, oh, but yeah. So and then he and he even posted himself that he, he's doing well. So Patrick said that you know he's good. He's just he had the concussion protocol. So we'll see in the next couple of days what happens with that. But um, yeah, I think. With the fact that Juju's early exit in the game really kind of changed the game plan because we know how much of a of a pillar of that offense he's becoming, and that allowed Tony to kind of uh, you know pop in and take some reps. He was he's he had like four receptions for like fifty five yards or something and a touchdown, which I think is is phenomenal for uh, a game that um, kind of had to improvise on the offensive side from losing losing a piece like that. But I mean even even Patrick Mahomes said at the end, at the end of the game that I mean they had they had written, they had drawn up some plays, some specific plays to get Tony the ball and to, to help him score, but that score that's gonna the play that he scored on was not one of them. Um it was like his fifth read and I, I was surprised that he went uncovered uh, completely. Um yeah he's just supposed to kind of like be the dummy and the play was supposed to happen on the left side and Patrick just heard him yelling, hey, hey. <laughs> so he was able to dump it off to him. So, yeah, I think Tony, uh, I mean, yeah, that, obviously, like, the little funny hopscotch was cool. Um, but even that play where, you know, he made a spin move on the sideline and he was able to take it, like, 22 yards or something, like, I kind of out of nowhere, I thought was really where, I mean, and then even his catch to keep his feet in bounds. Uh, like, I know even when the ball was in the air, I even saw a video, like, he was adjusting his gloves. And I saw him adjusting his gloves quite a few times during the game, so I don't know if he needs to get new gloves or, like, maybe the equipment manager didn't know how big his hands were or something. But, <laughs> um, I, yeah, he was adjusting his, his gloves while the ball was in the air, and right as he stopped adjusting them, he was able to go up and, and make that catch. And he doesn't look like a big boy, but he was able to climb that ladder up to get that ball. Yeah, no, that was – yeah, the, yeah, that was like Tyreek Hill almost, the way Tyreek sometimes just jumps higher than the defender, like like to the defender's shoulders. Like the, he just gets way up there. Um yeah, so that kind of reminded me of that. But yeah, Tony's Tony's been exciting to see 
with the ball in his hands. I'm I have been surprised with how quickly he's been integrated into the offense. And he he was on the field for 44% of the offensive snaps. Sky Moore was only on the field for 25% of the offensive snaps. So I don't know if we were ready to read too much into, into that where, you know, Juju's knocked out of the game. McCole Harmon doesn't play at all. Um, so, I mean, that role ends up being filled by Watson, who played 73% of the snaps, and then Noah Gray played um, 46. So, I mean, there's plenty of weapons, but I guess I'm just um, – it's curious that Tony is able to come in after, you know, two weeks of learning the offense and contribute, uh, you know, more than Sky Moore, who had the entire offseason and training camp preseason to kind of get acclimated to the offense. So, um, you know, if he, if, you know, obviously hopefully Sky Moore um, is able to develop and maybe it's just taking him a little bit longer, but from what we've seen from Tony and what we hope to see from Moore, um, could be some, some exciting playmaking that we'll see on the field even next year. Yeah, and, and and then they've talked about that. I've, I've been, I mean, besides the athleticism from Tony, uh, a big thing has been um, a big thing has been how quickly he's been able to pick up the offense. Obviously, Brian Dable was his coach over in um, for the Giants, and he said that even some of the same they used even some of the same terminology, um, and so he's been able to to pick up a little quicker. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too worried about Sky Moore if there are people out there that are like, man. Tony's able to pick up the offense so much quicker than Sky Moore. Does that mean like Sky Moore is not, you know, he's going to be a bust or something? I wouldn't say that. Tony obviously had some, uh, had a foundation, uh, a foundation knowledge on uh, this, about this offense. And so I think that's a big reason why he's been able to pick it up so quickly. But also just in general, they say he's just a really smart guy. Um, and yeah, I mean, even on his punt return. I mean, when, when the the ball was probably going to stop it within like the one or two, and he picked it up and was able to to, to bring it out a, a little bit, um, which I thought was was awesome. Reckless. Um, I mean, it could be reckless, but I mean, you say if if it, it's like the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. You know, like that's what makes him different. He's able to take those shots and and make something happen from it. Obviously, there are times where it falls short, but from what I've seen with Tony so far, like the, the risks that we've taken with him. Are good. Uh, I think he did have a drop. If, yeah, he did. Um, that 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 looked pretty, um, pretty, pretty easy to yeah, pretty easy to handle. But um, I'm sure maybe it was the nerves or you know just the excitement of being out there on the field. Jet McKinnon. <laughs> as soon as the as soon as the commentators were saying that Patrick had eight completed passes in a row, drop right out, drop right out of his hand. So if the commentators can stop jinxing us, that'd be fantastic. But. Yeah, no, I I think uh he's 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 a huge steal, and I think that even the, the more that he's able to be integrated with this offense is going to be ginormous. I'm so excited. Yeah, the Giants fans are already slapping themselves. <laughs> like, I mean, their team's having some success, so I'm sure they're fine. But they don't want to see a player who they were excited about and then flames out and then goes to another contending team and has immediate success. <laughs> All right. Um, Travis Kelsey had another touchdown. 
kind of breaking the the touchdown drought that he had ever since that four touchdown game. Um, so that was good for the Chiefs and for my fantasy team. Um, like we said, MVS had his first touchdown um, for the Chiefs this season. And then Noah Gray getting in the end zone. How about that? Yeah, it was beautiful pass, beautifully designed play. Um, and, I mean, the commentators have been saying it all week with, with the zone coverage that, that the Jaguars have been playing. If you run someone through that zone and then just follow it up with someone else, that zone is empty. So um, that's kind of, you know, the, the game plan that it looked like the Chiefs have been going through all, uh, all game. And, you know, it worked. And really happy for him. He's been, he's been doing some great things this year. He had a great catch last week that, you know, helped continue our drive to win the game. So it, it was good to see him to score again. I think this was his first touchdown since I think he had one last year, right? And then yeah, yeah he, might, he might have had another one this year. I don't. Remember. I think this is his first one this year. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it was a lot of firsts for everyone. Um, as I, I think another person that we need to bring up is Isaiah Pacheco. Um, obviously he did not have that fumble. Um, which is um, it was his first fumble of of his career and obviously he hasn't had as many carries as a lot of like you know starting running backs have but with the tenacity that he runs with um i feel like his vision has gotten better uh as the seasons have worn on i know i've seen clips of patrick mahomes kind of being upset that um sorry um (laughs) of uh Patrick Mahomes kind of like being uh, upset that he's not taking the right, um, not, not making the right reads of the line of scrimmage. But it seemed like this week there were a couple plays where I'm like, well, he's not going to get anything, but he's able to squeeze, like, even as big as he is, he's able to squeeze through and find like the little, those little gaps that we were hoping CEH would be able to do. <laughs> um, Who? Well, yeah, no, it's, I mean, I think he's really, he's really came into his own. I think Jet McKinnon being sprinkled in there. Um, I was, I'm sorry if you wanted to talk about Pacheco, but while I'm thinking about it, McKinnon had a phenomenal block. Um, I don't know if you saw. I, I, I've been seeing it kind of all over Twitter. I saw. I, I think they talked about it during the game as well. Oh, Devontae Smith just uh, fumbled it for a touchdown. So fumbled it um, for a touchdown. It was. It was kind of like one of those uh, those uh, lateral plays. Like they were down, so they needed. They had 11 seconds, so they were just trying to do like the like the lateral. You know, try to the. Like that old Cal game, you know, where they yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. um and he threw it and uh Washington picked it up and scored a touchdown. <laughs> but yeah, so Washington wins, so there's no more undefeated teams. I can thank goodness I'm tired of the Eagles um craze for for the ease of their schedule. Anyways, back to our podcast. Um Jet McKinnon had a great block um where he I think the the end and the the tackle they 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 switched and he was able to pass off the tackle uh, yeah pass the tackle off and then when the end came up he when the end came around he was able to pick him up for a great block and kind of push him out of the push him out of the play almost and um that was the that was the pass that he threw to juju uh, my home threw to juju right after juju dropped one then he it was a third and long and he was able to complete it to juju for like a 20 yard gain or something like that so it was a great block i think um, we're starting to find the flow of like what works offensively, like the groupings that work. Um, 
Yeah, do you think from now on, like, do you think CEH is kind of, like, kind of getting pushed out, or do you think that was just, like, how the game ended up going? Well, I think he's been on his way out for a while. Um, I just thought it was interesting the last couple of weeks that ever since they kind of announced that Pacheco was going to be the starter, he, like, started that game for, like, the first two drives, and then you didn't see him again. And then last week it was it was similar. Like, he started the game, played some, and then it was McKinnon and CEH the rest of the game. And then CEH has been getting all the red zone carries. So, I mean, I think, but I think it's been trending more towards Pacheco, them wanting to give him the reps because they feel like he's been the most effective, uh, but maybe not, maybe still wanting to kind of be a little bit loyal to CH just because they drafted him and they've, um, I think um, they've invested time in him, but also like, um, I mean, these coaches are human and they've built that relationship with him. They've seen how he comes to work and how he's committed to, you know, to put in the work for his team. And so I think they are, they want to give him those opportunities to prove himself and to, um, you know, to kind of live up to the expectations and be the best running back he can be. But he's just ne- he hasn't been able to take advantage and he's just never been as effective as other running backs on the roster. So um especially when it gets close to playoff time and especially in the playoffs i think you got to go with the the running backs that you trust the most and right now that's mckinnon and pacheco so yeah i think that's definitely the trend right now it's it's ch being phased out and and they'll still use him but i think he'll be relegated kind of to that you know i think he'll be like the running back like the rusher with Pacheco maybe alternating a little bit with McKinnon being that third down back. All right. Any other final thoughts on the offense? Oh, I guess before we, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that uh, this was the first game that the Jaguars, I think have trailed. If, if I'm not sure that can't be right because they have a, <laughs> they have a losing they won like three games <laughs> um well this was the first game oh no i was thinking the eagles game the first that was the first time they trailed going into uh going into the half um <laughs> into the end of the game yeah and into the end of the game <laughs> um it was the first time that anyone had beat the jags by more than a score so um i mean i, I feel like it just shows that it was an all-around complete game it shows you know the Jags are on the verge, of, kind of like what the Vikings were last year, with so many close games lost. Um, and this year they've kind of taken it a step up and um, are starting to win those games. I think that's kind of how the Jaguars are gonna are gonna go next year. So I think that they're on their way to being a, a pretty solid team. But yeah, I think that this was just an all around really solid game. Um, even with those costly turnovers, never had any fear that we were gonna lose. Um, it was good to see that our our team was able to um, to not let a team you know try to sneak back into a game at the end. Our defense you know held them to you know was able to hold out for that that ten point uh, differential at the end of the game. Um, so yeah, I think it was just an all around just great team performance. Obviously, we're going to need to clean up a few things if we want to you know make a play a deep playoff run, but. 
Yeah, I was really happy with the game this week. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned there being able to hold on to that that game at the end. That's one thing I was going to point out about the offense and, and Pacheco's performance in particular was uh, just the Chiefs' ability to close out that game by running the ball. Um, something that we've talked about going into the season and kind of expectations that we had for the run game this season with our with how good our offensive line was supposed to be at, at um, running the ball. Uh, but, you know, the fact that the Chiefs were able to get the ball with, you know, five minutes left in the game and and the Jaguars had two timeouts and the Chiefs were able to run the, run the clock out for that five minutes. I mean, that's a long time in – um, in an NFL game to be able to to possess the ball and um, I mean five minutes can is a is a very admirable admirable time I feel like in a lot of different areas in life. Yeah, get to five minutes and yeah, you've done your job. So um, good on Pacheco for for lasting that five minutes and. Get into the end there. Um, so yeah, that's something that we're going to want to see come playoff time against against good teams, being able to put teams away there at the end of the game. Um, and we'll just make this final final short segment about special teams. Uh, you mentioned that you're still nervous about Butker, and he's usually the special teamer that we that we talk about the most. Um, so obviously there's still some concern there. I'm going to say that he's still hurt and um and we can give him some time to to heal while still kicking field goals and extra points. So um but actually yeah that's that's something that that came up during the game. I felt like the the Jaguars had made a lot of good special teams plays, especially on their, in their return game that they had a lot of big returns and, and the chiefs had a lot of issues on special teams. Obviously they had issues in coverage if the Jags are getting good, um, good returns, but I mean, the forts and fumble, um, them not being prepared for that onside kick, which I mean, you can say that obviously they weren't expecting it, but we've seen teams do that before. So, um, yeah, it just seems like there's there's been a lot of special teams gas, and I think that's just something that Dave probably would have brought up in this game was, um, and that he brought up during, yeah, while we were watching, is if is if we think that Dave Tobe has maybe lost a step, or if he's kind of resting on his successes in the past, and and the Chiefs special teams isn't what it once was but it, <laughs> when i said that i would re- i replied to him early in the game and i was like well i mean we can't be expecting kickoff returns and punt, re- punt returns for touchdowns like all the time that, that just doesn't happen anymore but but then the jags go off and get several uh i mean they they start several drives in good field position because of special teams which is in with all, with all the rule changes today, that's what special teams does for you. It helps flip the field and give you good field position. So um, I'm just going to say it for Dave, just something to keep your to keep your eyes on right now. Uh, let's monitor that special teams performance. Hopefully we'll get some good um, 
good performances from that phase moving forward. Well, can we just start kicking the ball into the end zone? Like, just let them start at the 25. That's yeah, well, I mean, I mean, last week, um, Dion Bush was making some great plays on kickoff and was sticking them inside the 20, so I don't know. But Agnew, I mean, Agnew was just was just fortunate the whole game. I, I mean, I think they eventually did. I think one of them they kicked in the end zone, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it'll be exciting to see what the Chiefs are able to do when every single phase of the game is on. It just seems like we haven't been able to put a put one of those games on together. But if we're saving it for the end of the season, then I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, that's the hardest part about football is being able to execute in all three phases of the game all the time, like consistently, uh, because you're you're relying on eleven different players at a time to execute and to win their individual battles. So there's just so much more going on than in say like basketball where there's only five people in there. And so, yeah, great game Um, around the NFL games that impacted it. Basically just the bills lost (laughs) and I haven't seen much of the game, but everybody's touting it as the game of the year. So I'll I'll have to go back and watch that and see how it compares to the Chiefs Bills game in the AFC Championship game last year. But obviously that was last year. But I'm, people are are raving about this game. So, um, but that knocks the Colts down to third place in the AFC East. And I I mentioned to you before I was just looking at the standings and if the playoffs started today, every single team in the AFC East would be in the playoffs this year. Just seems crazy that's, to me. That's wild. Yes, three wild cards, in fact. So, the seven seven seeds, four for the division leaders, and then the next three best records all happen to be in the AFC East together. So, um, I mean, people are probably going to be reading into the Bills and how they've <clears throat> melted down, especially Josh Allen the last two weeks. Um, I'm not ready to read into it too much yet because. All good teams have their ups and downs throughout the season. I mean, the Bills lost to the Jaguars, who were an awful team last year. Last year. So, um, still as it stands right now, I don't care if the the Bills are third place in the AFC East. I do not want to be playing them first round in the playoffs. <laughs> so, well, honestly, honestly, I'm going to throw Miami in there as well because Miami has been looking really, really good. So, yeah, but uh, this is also because I am watching because this is the post game show for the for the for Washington and, and Philadelphia. Um, Taylor Heineke, I mean, <laughs> so um, they, the Washington start off one and four. Carson Wentz goes on IR, and then um, now they're four zero. <laughs> what they won four row. Yep, they won four, the last four. Jeez. And so, um, I'm just saying, I think Heineke has earned his right, even if Wentz comes back, I think. I mean, honestly, I feel like he's earned the starting spot the last couple of years, or ever since he, like, played the Buccaneers in the playoffs and almost almost bolted Brady out. It would have been phenomenal for us. But, um, 
Yeah, I think I think he's he's just someone that, that everyone can rally around. So Carson Wentz, I'm sorry, buddy, but get comfortable. Yeah, another well, entry if you have to save face. <laughs> yeah, well, he's like a cult favorite in Washington too. I mean, I think going back to that specific game, like you mentioned, just like how gritty he is, and just like he does he does whatever he can to like will that team to victory. He's just not as talented as anybody else, really. But I mean. He, I don't, I don't know what he's kind of like. He's kind of like a, Derek, he's kind of like a Derek Carr, in the in the sense where like sometimes he just makes really great throws, but then he doesn't have that Derek Carr side where it's just like he just screws over your team at the same time. <laughs> they <laughs> like, cries in the press conference after. Yeah, like um, actually, if you if you don't end up watching the highlights of this game, how they actually won. Washington is moving down with under two minutes left. They're up by like they're up by uh, two or three. Um, and it's like you know it's third and third and ten whatever. Heineke not getting anything. He drops back. He he just decides to get on the ground. You know, just give himself up. And the Eagles still hit him. First uh, intentional uh, unnecessary roughness. First down, and they were able just to kill the clock after that. I think is yeah they were able just running down after that. So. Uh, I mean, he he doesn't do anything to really like hurt his team too much. Um, but it, anyways, I'm gonna start to I'm gonna stop. No, I just lost my fantasy game because of McLaurin. Screw you, McLaurin, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're having a, you're yeah. Good thing the Chiefs won, or else he'd be having a rough week. But um, well, yeah, I was just the only other thing I was gonna point out because of the game that you're watching specifically, the Eagles lost. And in your mind, that makes Patrick Mahomes the clear front runner for MVP because Jalen Hurts' Eagles are no longer undefeated. And apparently, if a team goes undefeated, that automatically makes their quarterback the MVP of the season. I mean, I, I think it's hard to. I mean, it's a little bit different. I mean, I had the same mentality with Big Ben when they were going like 11 and 0. That you know he he wasn't playing exceptionally well, but it was mostly like the defense that was keeping them in the games and stuff. But I think Jalen, I mean Jalen Hurts has still been playing well. Obviously, he has the pieces around him to do well. But if, if you're able to go, if you're able to win 17 games in a row in the NFL, like I don't understand how how your quarterback who has such an such a huge impact on that um, doesn't at least have a strong case. To be MVP, I mean Patrick Mahomes is is the most talented quarterback that we've ever really seen, and we we have not come close to. And I I know you I know you can say winning is not a court like winning is a team stat and everything I get that, but a lot of it still falls on the quarterback to to make sure that you know the game ends up in your favor. Yeah, well I think most of the time it's mostly the quarterback that makes it makes it happen, but I don't know I just think. Specifically for MVP award or just awards in general, context needs to be given to performances and not just being like, oh, this guy's undefeated. He, this team's undefeated. This guy's the quarterback. He gets MVP. It shouldn't be like yeah. cut and dry. I mean, yeah, not cut and dry like that. But I mean, with the performances that Jalen Hurts has been giving, I feel like he's also just been playing exceptionally well. They've only had three turnovers in the first like six weeks. So, and, and now, and tonight they had four. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so, so now he's down to like this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's not looking too hot for them right now. Tyreek Hill's probably above him in the MVP race, honestly. Seriously, I mean, Tua. I don't know. I was watching. I was reading an an article on the Athletic, and everybody in the comments was just talking about how Tua, I think, was ranked like fifth or something in the MVP votes, and Tyreek Hill was like sixth or seventh, like sixth. And the people in the comments were like talking about how great Tua has been. Like his numbers are historical or historic. I'm just like, how? I mean, yeah, Tua has been playing great and like his efficiency and everything but just look at the fact that two candidates for mvp are the quarterback and the wide receiver like you can't (laughs) well and 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 you look at it like they had pretty much the exact same offense they had last year i mean minus tyree kill and then they had Devontae parker and they really and like they really couldn't do much but now that tyree hill is on the team like they are the great they him and jalen waddle are like Probably the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. Yeah, and they did get a new head coach. Yeah, apparently he's an offensive genius and seems to put his players in the right position. But yeah, uh, you can't tell me that Tua is the MVP of the league when you're not even sure if he's the MVP of your team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean credit where credit's due. I mean I think they they they're undefeated when he started and finished a game. Um, I think they're seven and zero with that, but still, I mean, he's not he's not getting there with you know the little. You know. If you actually watch the games, a lot of them are making are just Tyree Hill making great catches. Yeah, not yeah, that's what it is, and yeah, I think he, I think Mahomes got took got a lot of the glory for a lot of the plays that Tyreek ended up actually making the plays on. Yeah, I mean, it, I I think it's a little bit different in Mahomes' case where he was able, like, he had the arm and the athleticism to make throws where a lot of other quarterbacks couldn't, but it still also fell on Tyreek to complete the, you know, to to capitalize on the plays that were made. Right, but I mean, you mean we we mentioned earlier like the Tyreek Hill out jumping people on coverage when balls were underthrown. Like yeah. he made plays like that pretty often, and people are just gonna see, oh, Mahomes completed a sixty-yard pass to Tyreek Hill. But I don't know. Also, can, I I just want to say this: Can we just? I don't I, I don't remember who the pass was to. Um, but the throw that Patty made to the back shoulder when someone was right in his face and he was able to stay in the pocket and just. Who was it too? Do you do you know the pass I'm talking about? I think I know you're talking about because was that like a deep throw? MBS? It was MBS. It was it was such a beautiful beautiful throw. I, I I it still blows my mind that he was like he was about to take a shot and he was able to dot it right there. But, All right, let's end the podcast on that note. That Patrick Mahomes is great. I love him. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. This has been our extended episode of the Chiefs. Um, dang, Chief, Chiefs Jaguars <laughs> and, and Washington and Philadelphia podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Live reaction. 
Uh, Chiefs are now the number one seed in the AFC, looking to hold on to that. Um, got some potentially tough games coming up. Next game is in L.A., Sunday Night Football um, against the Chargers. So looking forward to that. Um, we'll see if we can get a preview podcast up <laughs> this time, but um, it should be a good game. Uh Justin Herbert and and Patrick Mahomes on the field together always seems to to lead to some fireworks. So we're looking forward to that game. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, signing off for Stay In. I'm Kinlock, and we'll talk at you guys later. <laughs>